Kirby, let's talk pornography. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to episode number 127 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the staff sergeant of sweatshirts, Dr. Kirby Hossaman from Coshocton, Ohio. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I'm doing pretty well, man. Uh, as I uh, was looking outside, it's a little chilly. I got I got the sniffles a little bit, so it's that time of year for me in Ohio, about 25 degrees, which I don't love, but... I'm going to pull through. How about you? You are going to pull through, and I'm so sorry you have the very technical term of the sniffles. Um, <laughs> got bad news. You got more weather coming. I'm doing great, but again, bad news for you. You got bad weather coming right on the horizon as winter is right <laughs> around the corner. But Kirby, I also have some good news for you. Oh, yeah? What's that? The good news is is that we have a great partner in Chameleon Like that focuses on journals, notebooks, gift boxes, and folders. They know what they do, and they are ready to do it for you and your client. Yes. As you know, 80% of their products are made from scratch in their California facility. They're not a commodity, and this is my favorite analogy, especially you, owner of the Hossman Brewing Company, the great analogy of beer. They're like a craft brew. They're not some sort of really watered-down mass-market lager. They're not a supplier. They are a maker and creator of journals and notebooks, and I know that's something you're a big fan of. I am too. So if you're interested in elevating the way you give away uh, the promotional products that you sell to your clients and help them reach their audience to move them to action, go ahead and head over to communionlike.com. Pierre and Alex will be very happy to help you out, and uh, you won't be sorry you did. That is 100% true. I'm actually using a chameleon-like journal right now. I love that. I use them all the time, and it's my favorite journal to write in these absolutely, days. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at a mediocre level today? <laughs> That's what I'll be shooting for, my friend. Well, we're ready to close out November with a whimper. So, Kirby, <laughs> why don't you start us off with the topic today? Yeah. Um, so, I was listening to... You know, going to be a little bit of a book theme here today on a couple of okay. things, but one of the, I was listening to a book the other day and it talked about um, how certain words, certain uh, things in your life trigger you in both good and bad ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you have certain, like if maybe how you answer when somebody says how you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like some, you can, you can make yourself feel better or worse. And I was no thinking question. about that concept in a, a, you know, a former employer, I had a, I had a, it was a great place to work, but at one point I had a boss, and she was a very, very nice person, but she had sort of a default way of giving critique, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever she wasn't pleased, every single time, her way of saying it was, I'm a little disappointed, right? <laughs> and, and, and she was trying to raise the, the level mm -hmm. of of our broadcasting at the time. And so she was, she was pushing us. Right. But literally almost every single day for a period of time, I heard the word disappointed. Right. And so that has absolutely become a trigger word for me. Mm -hmm. Like if someone tells me they're disappointed, like I want to snap their neck. Right. <laughs> and so I wanted to know if you had any of those kind of Pavlovian responses to words. Um, and like, what do you do when, when you hear one of them? 
You know, let me let me kind of back up a little bit because I, I absolutely love this topic. Okay. Um, as you know, I love to write, yep. and I do believe in the power of language and the subtlety of words. And when I started traveling about f- a lot for for work back back in before Brandovate even and Guy Brown when I was really traveling a ton, you know, you walk into a hotel and they'd ask you how you're doing. You know, hey, good, you know, how are you doing? And, and usually I'd say fine. And I got really tired of saying fine because as you and I talk about the word busy is a throwaway word. It's very meaningless. Yes. Fine is the same thing. And totally. so I made it made a conscious decision every time I'm at, and you know this about me now, every time I'm asked how I do them, I always say I'm delightful. Yes. And it puts a smile on people's faces. They can have the crappiest day going on. And I, and I say, yeah, I'm delightful. How are you? And they will, you know, smile. They'll say, "Well, that's a word I haven't heard in a while." Yeah. It's just a, it's a way to to really elevate, kind of the human interaction. But yes. so I wanted to touch on that first. Do I have certain words um, that are kryptonite to me? I don't have words as much as I have phrases. Okay. Um, the one that immediately pops into my mind, Kirby, is when someone tells me to calm down um, <laughs> when I'm calm. Um, okay. You know, when I'm not that excited, maybe I might be a little annoyed with something, but I'm not like ranting and raving where I would need to calm down. But if I'm a little a little upset with something or peeved and someone say, hey, hey, calm down, that that's a that's a kryptonite phrase for me. Yeah. And let me like just that. say, mm-hmm. like, calm down is actually one of those that, okay, you're saying when you're not upset. Well, yep. when you're upset, I've found living with a house full of women, if you tell them to calm down when they're not calm, it doesn't work either. Well... <laughs> That sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. Um, I'm going to be straight up honest with you there. But I do, you know, we all end up with these crutch phrases. Yeah. And it sounds like your former former boss had that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. And I'm sure her intentions were good. Yes. You know, this is how I'm going to elicit the best response out of my team by telling them, hey, I'm a little disappointed, but... Right. So, uh, you know, I don't have certain words that just sent me, you know, like you know, it's not like a cheese grater on my spinal cord like right. it is with, with you on that. But I do think in each situation as a society and as a, as, as a people, we don't do a very good job of really uh, tying the words and the language and the way those words are said appropriately to each uh, situation. I think yeah. we rush through things too much, um, and we become become reliant on those catchphrases. Like, look, I still say delightful, but at what point does it become a catchphrase for me? Yeah. And I don't even mean it anymore. Right. So it's one of those things. I think you have to be careful of. I don't think I even answered your question. I just started rambling. So no, no, I, th- I think it takes mo- makes total sense. And I, I actually really like the concept, really, because you kind of talk through it because I was talking about sort of the negative side, but I think yep. the other piece of it is that we can kind of recalibrate our own emotions, recalibrate yep. our own day by using different words to describe what's going on, whether it's, hey, how am I? But hey, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on at the office? I mean, yeah. like like you said, busy is such a throwaway word. Well, what if it's like, hey, man, things are rocking, right? Yeah. Like, it's a totally different description of, of and, it, and then physiologically, we have a different response. Right. Well, and I always try to, you know, language is very powerful, like I said earlier, and I always try to, to lead, you know, do the, take a positive approach no matter what's going on. And, right. And I, I, you know, I spoke at the Gold Bond National Sales Meeting yesterday, and 
I said to them, and I, I'd say it to you and anyone in our audience, look, if you're in sales, and all of us are in sales, so yes. that's anybody listening to this podcast, I don't care what your title is, you're in sales, um, there's an aspect of show business to what you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, your client sitting across the table from you doesn't really care that you had an argument with your spouse that morning, <laughs> that you went to grab the box of Count Chocula and it was empty, um, and that, you know, you got a flat tire on the way to work. What they want is, hey, I hope you have some creative ideas for me in terms of how I can help uh, my client move their audience to action. Yeah. So, uh, you know, part of that is the show business. So I, I think, you know, again, you, you can really leverage language to shift the way people perceive you yep. one way or the other. Yeah, I know. I love it. All right, cool. Cool. Kirby, let's talk pornography. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? Well, why not? <laughs> so I don't know if you know this. There is a website called Pornhub okay. where if one is so inclined, they can go on this website and find all manner of adult-themed videos and entertainment. Now, I am going to tie this into our industry, so everybody just relax. Yeah, well, and again, I, I've never heard of, of this of mm-hmm. course, the site and my my uh, registration has lapsed. So go ahead and tell me about it. <laughs> so um, they have come out with a apparel uh, collection. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it's got T-shirts, hoodies, tote bags, playing cards. So I guess that's not apparel, but they they it's it's they're the logo's up front. I mean, it's right on there. It says Pornhub. Yep. And d- different designs and certain things like that. So. I'm not, I don't want to sit here and debate the relative merits of Pornhub and the apparel, but have you ever been, as a distributor, approached with a project where you personally either may have found the company offensive, the messaging offensive, or you were just put into a place where you had a moral dilemma, do I want to do business with this company because I don't like what they stand for? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I don't know that I've had that from a company, right? Okay. B- but then I, I remember, um, this has been years ago, uh, where it was like a good friend of ours was was had a birthday or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, our group kind of knows to, you know, maybe come to, to me to, to get some T-shirts done or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the – and I'll be totally honest with you. I don't remember what was going to be on the shirt. It's been right. many years ago. But it was it was colorful in language. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember going – We've never done anything like this. Right. And who do I go to to to, to decorate this T-shirt? And, you know, we were going to do like 12 of them for the, for the group, and it was a surprise party, so they were going to be met at the door with this message. Right. Um, and one of those inside joke things. But I do remember it being one of those things where I'm like, okay, one of our decorators is, I mean, it is a, um, a deeply religious organization. Well, I can't mm-hmm. send it to them. They, I'm not sure right. they'd be comfortable imprinting it, and I don't want to put them in that situation. So right. I, I don't know that I've had, like, an organization or a campaign that was something like that. Um, but I, I've, I was in that situation. I remember going, well, I need to think it through a little bit. So what, what, how did you resolve it? What did you end up doing? I ended up going to just a different decorator. I called them in advance uh, to say, hey, this is going to be something. It's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke. I hope, And they were like, hey, man. <laughs> We're not mm-hmm. the morality police. Just send us the art. Right. Um, right. And and honestly, most of the time, Bill, and I think this probably answers your question a little better, is that's sort of my default answer. Is I I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. the morality police on us on something like that. Um, and I think that's one of those things that it's going to be an individual um, choice whether you're you're 
internal alarm goes off. Right. For, for me, I knew that was a joke and it was it was fine. But then there's going to be. I'm sure there could be something where something come through, and I'd be like, Mm-mm, "I'm not, I'm not putting myself a part of that." I, I just didn't know if you worried about any sort of blowback or any sort of negative response from either the community or other organizations that you work with, if they got wind that hey, you were behind the production of something that a lot of people might consider offensive. Yeah, no, I, I, I think again, I think that would be a case by case basis. Let's just right. let's use this as an example, mm-hmm. okay? The, the Pornhub thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I would have any problem with that. I, mm-hmm. I, I personally, um, because I'd be like, hey, this is an organization. It is a, a legal organization that's doing their thing. I mean, you know, local, locally in Ohio, I guess I'd put this as the thing is, is um, marijuana is becoming more um, uh, localized and there are some local growers. Like, right. I would have no problem working right. with them because it's a legal organization within the, the rules of the law. And if sure. there was any issue with that, I, I, like to me, I, I wouldn't have any problem with that. And, and that's kind of one of the reasons I asked. I think it's interesting as as more, uh, you know, society shifts a little bit. Um, and, you know, I do believe in five years, marijuana will be legal throughout the United States. Right. right. And, and so that's kind of the way things are moving and you can't stop that kind of progress. Um so, and I wanted to know what your perspective was as a distributor. Had you had any of those moments of moral crisis? Right. Because I've seen it a couple times on the Promotional Products Facebook group page where someone said, hey, I took a stand and didn't, didn't print yeah. this. And, and by the way, that's certainly their prerogative. Sure. I would lean toward you. Um, your thing, hey, that's their shirt. I'm just the conduit, and yeah. I'm not the morality police. And um, it doesn't have my name on it. Right. So it's really, I'm just providing a service. They want to do with it whatever they want. So I happen to agree with you, but I thought it was an interesting topic. Yeah, and, so. and by the way, I saw that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it, like there was a specific supplier that decided not to print something. Right. And P.S., I have no problem with that either. Like, no, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, like, I'm cool with that too. It's your call. Yeah. Now, what I will say, I, I wasn't, it was interesting to go, well, I don't know why you'd go in there and toot your own horn on that. I thought that was a little interesting, but right. that's fine too. Look, everybody, it's, I'm a believer. It's your business, you, whomever. It's your business. You should run it your way. And it's not up for me to judge that. And I shouldn't judge that. And I really try not to. So, you know, kudos to you for doing it if you want to. Kudos to the other organization, which we're not going to name, who decided not to. That's great. Your company, your call. Yeah, it's actually uh, what what I always find interesting, and I'm going to go a little bit off on a tangent here, but I always think it's interesting. And like this podcast, right? We we place our opinions out there, and then people come back to us and say, "Well, you shouldn't have that kind of opinion." I always think that's intriguing to me, because I always wonder that okay, it's okay for you to put your opinion out there on Facebook, and Mm -hmm. that's cool, but the person who had the original opinion. They don't have that right. I, I, like that's always an, an interesting hypocrisy to me. Uh, no question. Look, I get I get uh, some some feedback all the time. I can't believe you said it on a podcast. <laughs> and my response is, why don't you record your conversations, not edit it, and put it out in public, and let me know how well you do. <laughs> you know, because well, I we might say things that uh, irritate people or provoke people or even offend people. It's not our, the goal, but. Look, I've heard plenty of private conversations in our industry <laughs> that if you just recorded and put out there without editing, you'd get some blowback. 
Th- that being said, I always do appreciate the feedback. Be- and I say that because no question. It, um, it makes me reevaluate my opinions. There's been several times where we've had discussions sure. where I've reevaluated and then gone, nope. I still agree with what I said to begin with. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's been times I've looked back and said, you know, I would alter that yeah, if, I, if I could go back and change that. So good stuff. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us. I do. This is totally off topic, but I'm, yep. I'm, I'm working to draw you off sides. So mm. in my house, I'm at least giving you a warning. Um, in my house, the holiday season has begun. And the reason I know that the holiday season has begun is because Hallmark movies tend to be on my TV every time <laughs> I come in. <laughs> and so, and I say Hallmark movies, but now they're on Lifetime as well. And I, they, there's been a new announcement that Netflix is coming out with uh, holiday mu- uh, movies as well. So I wanted to see what you thought about Hallmark movies and their validity and their fun and, you know, what happens in your house. <sighs> Let me take in a deep breath, a deep cleansing <laughs> breath, Kirby. So here's the deal. Um, I am not the uh, entertainment police. It is up to each individual person to decide what entertains them, uh, good or bad. I I don't decide that. That being said, (laughs) I I do find it interesting because I do end up watching a few of those movies with my bride. Just like Amy, uh, Sandy's a huge fan of those Hallmark movies. And they're super predictable. I mean, it is the same story over and over and over again. I think my favorite ones are where the good-looking guy is really Santa Claus, you know, and but and, and he's trying to find the new Mrs. Claus, and he's you know, it's it's just they're kind of an ass whip to me. But but having said that. I do see their appeal. They're pleasant. It's fun background stuff. They're cute. Um, I always draw the parallel of I loved when I was in college. There was nothing better on a lazy Saturday after maybe I had had a few too many cocktails the night before um, to lay down on the couch and watch an Elvis movie. Um, it was it was the same because it was very formulatic, right? Just same same formula over and over again, just like these Hallmark or Lifetime movies, you know. Uh, something bad would happen. Elvis was misunderstood. He'd sing a few songs and get the girl in the end. It was great. It was very pleasant. <laughs> I look at these as the same thing. It's like candy. It's yeah. like they're empty calories. There's nothing that's going to make you think. There's nothing. You're not going to walk away going, wow, what a tremendous acting performance by that guy who used to be popular 15 years ago. I wonder. <laughs> I always had wondered what he was doing now. Um, so I don't really have much of an opinion other than that it is the entertainment du jour in my house, just like it is yours. Um, I tend not to gravitate towards it. Okay, so here, so what you just said actually made me think a little bit in the sense that I, I, I joke about them. We actually had this conversation at dinner with a, another couple the other day. I'm like, oh, is it the one where the busy single executive around Christmas time gets trapped in Paradise, mm-hmm. Ohio or whatever? Yeah. Um, but what you just said made me think a little bit is like they are like candy. Mm-hmm. And I think just like candy, um, you know, taking them with some uh, just not overindulging in them makes sense. Because I think the one thing I would say is they have the same effect to a degree that Facebook has mm-hmm. in the sense that you start to compare your life to a Hallmark movie. And right. when you do that, it's, you know, there's not always happy endings. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. they can actually, like, though. Originally, you think, oh, this reminds me of the warm holidays. I think they can have a detrimental effect when you start comparing your life to, you know, oh, my gosh, there's a misunderstanding, and they all come together in the end. You run the same risk if you compare your life to Facebook. Exactly. Right? I mean, so it's candy. It's fun. 
I don't get it personally. I, all I do is pick apart the fake snow. Um, I mean, I, I start nitpicking and things like that, and I'm generally asked to leave the room. Yeah, I, so, I 100%. I get a whole lot of dad. Stop it. Yeah, I, I get a lot. I get a lot of just the look. And uh, so I go, I'm going to go in the other room and read. All yeah. right? Okay, good times. All right, I've got one last topic for yes. you, Kirby. So this past Tuesday, um, one of the things I really love uh, about uh, the holidays, you have Thanksgiving, you have Black Friday, you have Cyber Monday, and now you have Giving Tuesday, which yes. I really think is amazing. And I wanted to know if you participated in Giving Tuesday this year, and if you did, what you did. And I will share what I did as well. Okay, so I would say, and I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say no, I didn't okay. per, uh, participate in Giving Tuesday. I am super proud of what we will be doing um, Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this podcast drops, uh, my daughter has done a clothing drive, a community-wide right. clothing drive, and people in our industry have taken part. So mm-hmm. uh, Flying Colors is a, a decorator and a drinkware company. They mm-hmm. sent us a skid of clothing. Oh, great. I mean, it's so cool. And then so literally all day Friday, we are essentially taking the day, loading up, and we've got – we're going to get literally a U-Haul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for kids in our community. Unfortunately, there is a need. Um, yeah. So though I didn't participate in that, I'm super proud of my daughter and my mm-hmm. wife and those guys. And and um, kind of and this is all free. We're just giving. Right. And there's some really nice uh, stuff. And so that would be my participation in sort of the holiday giving season. How about you? So uh, I did participate in Giving Tuesday, albeit a week early because I'm a moron. Um, <laughs> I, I donated $100, joined the Century Club for the Promotional Products Education Fund. It's something nice. I think we all believe in and definitely uh, did that. Also donate a little bit of, uh, of money to the uh, American Heart Association, mm-hmm. um, a, a, an organization I'm eternally grateful for because without their work they did, I would be a widower. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm very fond of that organization. And then this weekend, much like you, I'm actually doing something uh, both for me and and hopefully for the community as well. I'm actually going to clean out my closet um, Mm. and donate a ton of old suits that I don't wear uh, that are too big for me, um, a bunch of clothes that are in great condition, but I just don't wear anymore and donate those to uh, Goodwill. And, and, you know, hopefully they find homes with people that can't afford uh, a lot of the things that uh, I'm able to. And so uh, I, I do love the idea that, hey, we can be a narcissistic, capitalistic, uh, society where we're trying to accumulate stuff, sure. but let's kind of pause for a minute, and that's why I love just the idea of Giving Tuesday. Even if people don't participate, just the fact that there's such a thing as Giving Tuesday at least plants that seed in people's minds. Yeah, and if I may be so bold, I mean, one of the things that I was talking, I had this conversation with clients yesterday where they had said, hey, um, I found this guy's wallet at a gas station, and I found him on Facebook and gave him his wallet and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, you know, it's interesting. That happens every day. Yep. The, human, the human race is better than we, we um, kind of let people tell us. We talk, right. we talk and celebrate the negative all the time. There's well, a lot sells. of good shit going on. Yeah, negativity. Yeah, hey, look, if it bleeds, it leads. And yeah. negativity sells, and it's a shame, but it does. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more. We, As a society, I don't think we're as doomed as a lot of other people seem to think we are. Yep, love it. Awesome. Well, hey, Kirby, we're about to launch into fill in the blank, which I know is one of our favorite parts of this podcast. And we have such a great sponsor in Vault Promotions. Yes. You know, you, you've been a distributor for a number of years, uh, almost 20 years now, I think. Yeah. I was a distributor for a long, long time. And one of the hardest things, the most painful things for me to sell, and I know you too, is what? It's badges, it's right? badges, baby. 
badges are the worst. And Josh Robbins, his team at Vault Promotions, know that it's something that, as distributors, we run from. I don't want any part of that. That's a pain. I don't want to have these onesie, twosie orders. They're a pain in the ass. I don't want to deal with them. But here's the thing. Your clients are buying them from someone. Why not you? Why not you, Kirby? I, it, hey, badges make me crazy. They, they make you crazy, and that's why they set up a website called www.badgesmakemecrazy.com. And what they do on that website is they really walk you, the distributor, through their badge release program where they buy badges at bulk pricing. They release them online one or two at a time. They build the website for your clients so they can do it themselves. It's amazingly easy. It's amazingly profitable for the distributor. And you talk about getting as close to a frictionless transaction for you and your end user customer. There's nothing like this on the planet. So go ahead and go to badgesmakemecrazy.com. You're going to get EQP on your first order. And that's the site that they've set up so you can learn a little bit more. Again, Vault Promotions, Josh Robbins. Go to badgesmakemecrazy.com. You won't be sorry you did. I absolutely love that website name. Me too. Kirby, um, are you ready for some fill in the blank? I'm ready. Let's rock do you have this a, thing. Do, do you have a theme this week? I do. The theme this week is books. Ooh. Go ahead. Okay, you ready? Yeah. All right. So the best nonfiction you've bo- book you have read over the last five years is eleven twenty two nineteen sixty three. Oh, not you said nonfiction, right? I did. Oh, I'm sorry. That would be um, uh, the Seth Godin book. Uh, what to do when it's your turn and it's always your turn. Love that book. Ooh, yes. Love that book. Um, sorry, I thought you said fiction. So I apologize. Um, no, wonderful book. Just. One of those things that it's it's almost written in blog style. Each page is new topic, basically, and it just is so thought provoking. I, I have two copies, one of which is pristine that I look at every once in a while, and one that is just so jacked up with my own notes <laughs> on it. Uh, it's an amazing book. It's really shifted the way I think about marketing, marketing myself, and marketing others. I love it. Good, Kirby. I have a Christmas tree uh, theme this week. Okay. Kirby, your family decorates the tree on blank, but that tree has got to be out of your house by blank. <laughs> okay. So uh, we decorate the tree. We still do a live tree. So we are, our uh, family tradition is to go out, generally cut one down, mm-hmm. um, which generally falls on my shoulders. And then I get it prepped and stuff like that. And then Amy and the girls put the lights on and then we put the um, the kind of family decorations on it. We do it kind of whenever we the four of us have time together. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's coming up as soon as we, like we haven't done it yet. We will do it pretty soon, as soon as we can find the time. And then pretty much... Um, Absolutely at the latest by New Year's Day, but pretty mm-hmm. much as soon as Christmas is over, um, mm-hmm. we, we get rid of it because, quite frankly, we're not very good at taking care of it. And so Got usually it. it's it's damn near dead by then. Got it. Got it. Good answers. Good okay, answers. Okay, cool. All right. So I, I'd ask you about nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Your favorite kind of fiction book to read is? Um, I just like any sort of book, a fiction book that I can just get involved in the story where the writer keeps me guessing. So I actually gravitate. I know you gravitate toward um, uh, the guy who writes the uh, – what the book? What are the books? I Reacher. can't remember. Thank you. Jack yep. Reacher books. I generally gravitate either toward Stephen King. Uh, yeah. He's not just a horror writer. He is such a gifted – uh, writer, I love the way he writes. That's why I said my favorite fiction book in the last five years was eleven twenty two sixty three. I thought it was fascinating. Awesome. Um, but I graduated either toward Stephen King. 
I used to gravitate toward John Grisham, but I feel like it's the same story over and over again. He's, a, <laughs> he's certainly a gifted writer, but it yeah. seems like, you know, Washburn's repeat. Uh, so I'd have to say anything by Stephen King. I, I'm always interested in. Yep, that's great. Cool. Awesome. Kirby, your favorite Christmas tree ornament on the Hossman family Christmas tree is blank. It is the Ohio State National Championship um, sort of football-shaped uh, ornament that goes. It's one of the ones. Actually, that's one of my favorites. But then also, if I'm being honest, I got a Christmas um, ornament that was It's a tiny, tiny book that mm-hmm. is the version of the night before, Twas the Night Before Christmas. Oh, nice. And so every time when we put it up, I actually read it. Uh, mm-hmm. On Christmas Eve to the girls, uh, so that, nice. that's that's honestly probably the the most warm. Very cool. Next, okay. So the book or author that you think is the most overrated is. Oh, that's a I'm tough gonna, one. Yeah, I'd say the 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 author. I'd say Grisham. Yep. I, I think I think he's lived off of uh, the first few books, The Firm, and. Um, those books too much. Again, uh, I, I've read some of his more recent things, and it's the same type of story over and over again. There's only so many country lawyers that can outsmart <laughs> a billion-dollar company. I, I'm sorry. It just, to me, it, they're entertaining, but you talk yeah. about candy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll read Stephen King, and it'll make me think. Right. Like, uh, but Grisham, I think, is a bit overrated as an author, but that's a hard thing for me to say because I, I could only hope to write as well as he does. Yeah, it's that's a tough question, so I, yeah. I appreciate that. That was a good, good answer, bud. The approximate number of lights you have on your tree is blank. Uh, so on a strand of lights, are there like 50? Let's call it 50 on a strand, Kirby. Okay, so let's go with... 250 lights, I would that guess, is, as an average. Okay, that's a horrible answer. <laughs> you, you need you need at least a thousand lights on a Christmas tree. Very disappointing. Very yeah. very disappointing. You know, it's so funny. My wife does not really allow me to put the lights up. She's yeah. very particular about it. So the truth be told, there could be three thousand lights on there. I don't know. Okay. I'm not responsible, or I'm not responsible enough <laughs> to mm-hmm. to put the lights on. She, so so you may be right, my friend. Fair enough. All right. All right, Kirby, go ahead. Last one. If yep. you have to choose between a book and a podcast in order to get your mind thinking, you would go with? A book. Always a book. Because I can st- – I don't like hitting the pause button and then thinking about what was said. I really prefer to – I like books because I can pick it up and put it down right where I want. I like the tactile feel of a book. I still do. Okay. Maybe it's because I'm 49. Maybe it's just because I'm old. I don't know. I love <laughs> that tactile feel of a book. Um, I like underlining things. I like folding the pages down, and then when I want to, I pick it back up. Um, so I, 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 me, it's a book, Sweet. personally. Cool. Kirby, um, the ornament you secretly hate that another family member loves is blank. Oh, that's a good one. You're damn right it is. <laughs> um, I don't know that there's any that I really hate, uh, because if they, they, if I hate them, they don't pretty much go up. But there's Ooh. one, well, you know what I mean? Like, I I think we've got, like a lot of families, we collect ornaments sure. over the years. Sure. So there, we've got more ornaments than we ever need on a tree. Same. But there's one uh, particular ornament that's like of an elf, and it looks like it would be cute mm-hmm. in the sense that you would pull down and their legs and arms would move. It, it's too heavy. It's too gawky. It's too yeah. weird. 
to be honest with you, I'm not sure anybody really loves it, but it manages to stick around every year, which I think happens a lot. Yeah, it does. Awesome. All right, Kirby, let's do a little rapid fire okay. about Christmas trees. Now, you answered some of these, but that's okay. They're done in order. You know the drill. I'm going to give you two choices. You pick okay. one or the other. It's very, very simple. Yep. No other answers other than the two choices I give you. Are you ready? Oh, of course. All right. Christmas tree themed, Kirby. Real or fake? Real. Chop that sucker down or go to a tree lot? Both. Uh, Kirby, how, <laughs> well, I, 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 you just told me not three minutes ago you chopped it down. Right, on a tree lot, right? Oh, yeah. You know what? This is just. <laughs> okay, chopped it down. Okay. Um, <laughs> flocked or natural? <laughs> natural. Balsam. I don't know what that means. Ba- flocked is where they put the white fake snow on there. Okay, natural. Okay. Uh, balsam fir or Fraser fir? Balsam. Douglas fir or Canaan fir? Douglas. <laughs> Grand fir or noble fir? Noble. Scotch pine or white pine? White pine. Wrong. Uh, Virginia pine <laughs> or white spruce? White pine. Wrong. Uh, Virginia pine. Good, correct. Blue spruce or Norway spruce? Blue spruce. Out Arizona cypress or Leyland cypress? <laughs> Arizona. Rockefeller Christmas tree or the White House Christmas tree? Rockefeller. Good answer, Kirby. You kind of got it. I'd give you a B minus on <laughs> okay. that. But I would, I'll take that. I would totally give you a B minus on that, but you know how you get an A plus. That, that's by using those good folks at Chameleon. Like, they have been in business over 20 years, and they love that their scene is new and upcoming. They have combined that perfect combination of the New York Fashion Edge and California Cool. They know exactly how to elevate the promo that your client uh, is going to give to their end user to move them to action. So go ahead and head over to chameleonlike.com. See how they have really mastered the ability to match creativity with process. Alex and Pierre are going to be super happy to help you out, and I guarantee you, you won't be sorry you did. Kirby, as always, a pleasure, and I shall see you in December. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.